evening, everyone. Hope you had a great day. Had a pretty good day. We've had some good, uh, good time in study lately. Meditation on God's word. Still dealing with health stuff, but today was a was a pretty good day. I've been. It seems like in the, these last weeks, months, I've been. Uh, we've heard a lot of teaching about the end times and and things to come. And I've been preached. I've used a message or two on it myself. <clears throat> it seems like when I was uh, doing devotions or something. This verse that we're going to look at tonight popped out and I started studying it and I thought, well, you know, <clears throat> if I need it, maybe then everybody else may need it too. Or there's uh, some truth there that we all need to know and understand. There's, there's uh, hard times coming in this world for, for believers and non-believers. And there's no getting around that. Um, the wickedness that we see increasing in, in the warfare and so on, and the general malaise that you see in the way that people live, uh, it only points towards the, the, the verification of what we know from God's Word. And in the end, that's the standard we need to go by. Uh, there's all kinds of commentators out there, there's all kinds of philosophers, there's all kinds of people got a view on, on today and tomorrow and what, what may happen, but I'll tell you what, uh, most of them are so are diametrically opposed to anything that's of God in the Bible, and their interpretations of what's going on in the world is badly skewed to the point where it goes nowhere, produces nothing. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to uh, <coughs> the prophet uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 15, if you would. Of course, he was a Jeremiah is sometimes called the weeping prophet. He also penned Lamentations, which was a, was a kind of a dirge about the matters of, of judgment and punishment and the things that Israel had gone through. <coughs> he nevertheless was, uh, well, he's a man who was very, very close to the Lord. And some of the things that he had to say uh, just in this uh, chapter 15 le leapt out to me. In this, if you have, if you're, have your uh, Bible open there, um, this chapter begins with God proclaiming his displeasure with Israel and impending, impending punishment. From verse 2, let's read down a few verses. It says, And it shall come to pass, if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt tell them, Thus saith the Lord, such as are for death, to death, and such as are for the sword, to the sword, and such as are for the famine, to the famine, and such as has for the captivity, to the captivity. He says, And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and to destroy. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> this is uh, what Israel had in their future. That they are, as they would go into uh, captivity under the Babylonian ruler Nebuchadnezzar, uh, times would be hard. Times in losing your country, many people losing their life. But when you read down in verse 11, God begins to give them some hope. 
Verse 11, it says, The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. And <clears throat> we know from the Old Testament, you know that in the book of Ezra, the, the mandate was given from the king, their emperor Cyrus, to go back and allow the Jews to go back and rebuild the temple. And the book of Nehemiah talks about how that Nehemiah got, uh, he got permission from uh, Artaxerxes, the king, to go back and repair the walls of Jerusalem that had been raised, you know, decades before. And so this, in effect, was a part of the fulfillment of prophecy already that God was going to take care of his children, those of the remnant. The remnant are... You might, usually many times it, it just pertains to the saved, but these are the people, truly some of them were saved and some of the, the remnant that came through all this and that God would set them back into Israel to begin to build back the nation. <clears throat> that was fulfillment of short-term prophecy. In the long term, we know that in the last days, which we're coming into now, you know, Israel since 1948 has been favored status as a nation. And ever since, you know, their inception, the, the, the Arab peoples, they've been like jackals. They've been nipping at their heels many, many times. The 67 war, 73 war, and now again being attacked by Hamas, Hezbollah, and Israel is out to defend its borders and to, and to reap vengeance for the atrocities that have been committed against them. And the world might, in time, um, Israel is going to face some, some things, some desperate things to come yet. We've been reading about in, in Zechariah numbers of, uh, even the last uh, chapters of Zechariah that talks about how that in the last days, in the tribulation, that the, uh, that the armies of the Antichrist are going to be coming against Israel, against Jerusalem. There's going to be terrible, terrible, terrible slaughter of, of uh, individuals. But at, at one point in time, God comes back and he said, that's enough. And he'll set his feet upon the Mount of Olives. He's going to rescue his people. The gospel will be preached. One, one out of every three Jews that are living will receive the gospel and be saved. The rest will face the punishment with all the rest of the unbelievers. And so God has made promises time and time again that he was going to deliver them, and he will, <clears throat> uh, even until to this future uh, revelation that's still to take place. <clears throat> I take confidence in Israel. You know, besides my own country, I love Israel more than any nation on this earth. God has set them aside because of their unbelief, but nevertheless, they will be blessed of God in the last days. Well, these verses also have something to hold for us, too. The Lord is, is going to, uh, and has, in many of our lives, He's delivered us from calamity and fears and doubts and persecution, seen and unseen. And as we go closer to the time of when we're, the church is going to be, uh, believers are going to be raptured out of here, there's going to be an intensified persecution against Christians mainly, 
and anybody that doesn't side with left. <laughs> but that's not the fear because God is more powerful than those that are against us. And I want you to look down to the last verse of that chapter, verse 21. That's the verse we're going to really look at here. The Bible says, God says, And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Let's go to the Lord, and then we'll continue. <clears throat> Wonderful God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here, to assemble for worship, to give uh, praise to you, God of heaven and earth, of all and all that is, uh, to that we can stand before you guiltless, those of us under the blood. It's to you, God, uh, in heaven I proclaim your holiness and your righteousness. And for you, Lord Jesus, we love you for the blood-bought freedoms that we enjoy through your sacrifice on cross Calvary. And for the Holy Spirit of heaven and earth, we thank you that you visit us and you indwell us. You carry us along, you give us guidance and comfort that we ever might be able to be more uh, open to receive the, uh, the wooing of the Spirit. And Lord, that we would be open to receiving the, uh, be willing and to be conformed to the image of Christ. I pray this humbly in Christ's name, amen. It's most likely that, that I will not live long enough to see this time of the rapture when things get so bad that when it gets so bad, then God is going to take the church out of here. The, 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 not just the church, but the but believers out of this earth. But most of you probably will. Especially you youth. And the reason that I'm bringing this, and I brought other messages, like this is we need to be prepared for what's coming but we are confidence should not rest in our own arm but in the arm of the Lord and his word and so in verse 21 he makes this great promise about deliverance and he says you deliver from the hand of the wicked in the in the case of the Jews this was probably being delivered from the hands of their wicked rulers that had gotten them into that uh, position in the first place. The Bible talks about that all that under because of Manassas and his wickedness, God had finally drawn the bottom line on, on the southern kingdom of Judah and they would go into, into uh, uh, captivity. Psalm 37 verse 40 says, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. And so God is ever going to be taking care of those that are truly a part of his forever family because we have sonship and he's going to watch over and protect those that, that are in his, in his hand, so to speak. And the phrase, the hand of the terrible, as it related to the Jews, that was probably the Babylonians that came down and uh, conquered them. They were very, very terrible and wicked. They went through much under that, but God in time got them out of that. Even, even in the 70 years that they were in captivity, he allowed the, under the Babylonian rule was somewhat mollified in that the Jews stayed to their own. They were, you know, they had, uh, were able to live their lives. They were able to keep their identity 
as, as Jewish people. Uh, most conquered peoples, they were given the, uh, the choice to uh, assimilate or die. Pretty much like that in, with any armies in warfare. That's the way it works. But with the Jews, somehow, some way, they still came out with their national identity. That was God's plan for them. Because he was never, even though he, he punished them for their, for their unbelief, he wasn't done with them, and he's not done with them now. There's much that they're going to go through yet in this time. Uh, and in the end, God is going to get glory through their, through their work in this world. And so these wicked ones, um, they're forever out there. Uh, we need to know and understand that. But first, Isaiah 29, verse 5 says, And the multitudes of thy strangers, this is what's going to happen. This is what was, he, the, the prophecy here, what was going to happen to those, uh, those people that uh, came as their conquerors. He said that the multitudes of the terrible ones, that's a, Again, uh, it's a synonym there for the, for the wicked uh, uh, rulers in the, of the, over them in the captivity. Uh, they shall be as chaff that passeth away, it shall be as an instant sundly. For the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Uh, the Babylonians took uh, the Jews into captivity, but it was the Persians that let them out, because the, the Babylonians were conquered by the Medo-Persian Empire. And so they were brought down in a, and in a sense they were getting, they got punishment for, you know, for the way that they, uh, you know, uh, had executed judgment on Israel. That may not have been the express purpose. Nevertheless, they were brought down greatly. The application for us is that there's coming a time when God is gonna bring about worldwide judgment for the sin of the nation, of our nation and the world uh, overall in our nation also. We've had, uh, we've had pretty much favored status in not having to go through a war between our, on our borders to any degree. Uh, talk to the people in Europe, talk to the people in Asia about what it's like to go through uh, ground warfare in your country. Um, it's gonna happen here in the United States of America one day. Whether we're, whether we're, whether we're the United States at that time or not, I don't know. But this country, as I see it, is not in the big picture in the prophetic end of the end of, end of days. They may very well, we may very well be brought down, our proud military, our proud economy, and so on, be brought down uh, for the wickedness that's going on in our country now, the increasing wickedness. And so, as Isaiah 13, verse 9, it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Pretty uh, clear about this day of the Lord. It's going to be worldwide. Sinners, we're all sinners by nature and choice. And so this day of the Lord is something that's going to encompass not just Israel, it's going to encompass the whole world. <clears throat> I'm not sure uh, that 
And we're going to look at some verses from out of Matthew that, that talk about the, the, uh, the wars and rumors of wars and so on. I'm not, I'm not sure if we not, might not be in the days of the, the, uh, the, days of the Lord even now as, as the birth pangs. It talks about in, in uh, Matthew 24 about the beginning of sorrows, the birth pangs. Things seem like they're beginning in, intensifying. Natural disasters, uh, the, the viruses and so on, pestilence, AIDS. The, in, they don't talk about AIDS much anymore, but it's still running rampant in, in third world countries, in Africa. And the bottom line is going to be drawn with our nation. And so what I'm saying is there's a, this is to alert you and me and us to what may be coming. You can be prepared uh, when things start to change around you. The Bible has a lot to say about the day of the Lord. There's at least 27 references to it. If you want to get a, a little thumbnail study on it, go into the book of Joel. There's three, four, five times that it describes what's going on in the day of the Lord. One of them. It's a direct, uh, uh, well, it's the same pictures you'll get out of some of the, one of the specific plagues in the book of Revelation. But the end of the day of the Lord seems to be uh, talked about in 2 Peter 3.10. It says that the day of the Lord will come as the thief in the night, that's the Lord's return, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise. Elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That would be at the end of the millennium. When everything, the bottom line is drawn and everything in existence, we go into the new heavens and the new earth. Even the, the whole universe is going to be purged of any corruption. And then believers will know the perfect peace, the perfect presence. There will be no more sin. That's what the Bible talks about. No more sin, no more crying. Just wonderful union and uh, presence with God, the saints and the angels. I look forward to that. I look forward to the millennium and serving the Lord in this world. Thousand years to put, the, to put this earth back together after the seven-year tribulation. And to serve the Lord, however he would have us too. You know, whether he puts me out hoeing corn or working in the vineyards or whatever, I kind of hope he gives me a Sunday school class sometime and I can uh, teach kids Bible in the millennium. There'll be a lot of, there's going to be lots of people born into the, in those thousand years, people that need to get saved. Just being born at that time doesn't seal your salvation. There's gonna, salvation has ever been and always will be a matter of choice. We know that because at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, Satan is going to be let loose and he's going to gather up a bunch of, bunch of an army to come against the Lord again. The sword of his mouth, there won't be any battle. It's just going to be done for them. And so, Second <clears throat> Peter 3.10 again points to the fact that that would be the end of the the day of the Lord, everything that's going to encompass from now till then could very well be a part of that. And the hand of the wicked, for our, uh, our application, is probably 
pertains a lot to our government, for those that are in power that use their power in, uh, in illegal or ill-gotten ways uh, to take away the freedoms that we have. You know, it really got me when the, the COVID thing came out <clears throat> and they, they stopped everything. We couldn't even assemble for, for, for church legally. That's just wrong. There was never any need for any of that. When it boiled down to it, it was all a bunch of lies. They were saying like 7% of the people were gonna die from it. And in the end, it was just the same, about the same percentage of people died in COVID-19 that died in SARS or any of the other flu viruses. And so all you do is just take care of yourself and you'll be all right. That's, that's, that's the way it worked. Worked in South Dakota, worked in Florida. Just saying. And so, <clears throat> when we look to those final times, you can read in that book of, 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 of Matthew, and you can get a picture of the increasing amount of wickedness in the world, natural disasters. And as these things happen, <clears throat> what you don't want to be found is like, is like Belshazzar, you know, the king of uh, Babylon. His country, his city was being besieged by the Medo-Persians, and he thought he was good to go, that huge city with the walls, you could drive chariots around the tops of the walls. God came and, and uh, they were partying, using the vessels from the, uh, from the temple to drink wine and get drunk and party. And evidently God said, well, that's enough of that business. He put, he, his hand came down and he wrote on the wall, thou art numbered in the, in the balances and found wanting. And uh, that hand had the handwriting on the wall. And uh, <clears throat> Belshazzar, he didn't, know, he didn't know what it says. Daniel did, and he told him about it. And that guy said, okay, well, great. And he went to bed that night. And uh, the Medo-Persians stormed the city. They dropped the Euphrates River. They came in under the, the, through the moat area. And they took the city and, and brought him to the sword. What I'm saying is that when you see things happening, don't just ignore these things as they begin to line up. Deal with things. Be prepared. Be prayed up. Stay close to your Lord. Stay close to your church. Stay close to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Pray for one another. Support one another. Because in the end, the only people you're really going to be able to trust are those of your uh, of God's family? No. It's going to come down to it. It's going to come down to it. People are going to be separated for for what they believe or don't believe. And since they already are, are moving to try to take away uh, religious freedoms, also they'll they will ex ex succeed at least to a degree in the years coming up to the, the rapture, the tribulation. But you know, after all, the battle is, is not ours. Uh, we are enlisted in, in the fight, but the, the war, in the war, but the battle is, is of the Lord. Um, the government and so on, you know, all I can say is just keep your powder dry because, uh, 
you know, when they come knocking on the door, you might have to make some decisions. But as far as, as Satan also has a great hand in all of this. You know, don't think that, that Hamas got this idea to come against Israel the way they did, uh, just, just from that head of that uh, uh, Hamas leadership. I mean, uh, they thought that he could fight Israel with hang gliders, and they got F-16s. I mean, seriously? Now what's happening to those people? What's happening to those people? Thousands and thousands of people being killed. They said 500 children got killed in a hospital that was bombed accidentally by Hamas. Wickedness. Satan, in the end, doesn't care which side. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows he's not going to knock out Israel. But he doesn't care. It's, it's his whole business to, to try to take and steal glory from God. It's all his business to cause pain and suffering in this existence. <clears throat> that was one of the commentaries. I'll just one little commentary here about uh, uh, this Jordan Peterson does. Uh, he's a uh, lecturer, uh, historian, and so on. And he had a, had a clip where he asked, you know, why did Hitler do the things that he did if he really wanted to win the war? Why did he spend so much time and effort, resources, in, in, in gathering up the Jews and building these, you know, the Dachau and, and these Auschwitz and these places to kill, to kill them when, when he could have very well just used them as, as slave labor. He could have enlisted them in his army and had them fight. But like Jordan Peter said, it was, it was all about, it wasn't just about winning the war, it was about causing death and chaos in the world. That's what, that's what World War II was all about. Millions and millions of people killed. Most of those people, Satan laughs because he sees them poured into hell. Doesn't make any difference if you die for what you call a godly nation. Doesn't, you know, if you die for your country. The only thing that makes a difference is if you're a blood-bought saint. And the one thing that we need to do if we're enlisted in this battle against Satan is to be aware and to, and to be busy. That's why I've tried to give you some tools about witnessing the, the, uh, the, the good person principle. You know, are you a, can consider yourself a religious person? To be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the hope that is in you with meekness and fear and to take into for myself and for all of us to be able to try to take some extra steps forward in, in reaching the lost in these last days. Or as it says in Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, that was in place in the days of Paul. The satanic hierarchy was already in place, and it's been growing ever since. There's only so many of the, of the demons and so on, but I'm sure that Satan has got his battle plan, and he has over our country, over our area, maybe even over our church, wicked ones that are seeking to, to, to cause chaos and disruption and to steal glory from God. So here it is. When God says that he's gonna deliver us, 
he's going to do just that. He says, he'll deliver us out of the hand of the wicked. Psalm 37, verse 40 says, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them, and he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in him. And so, as we go into this, we need to understand that the Lord is on our side, and that he will deliver us and carry us through these tough times. When I first thought about that word deliver, what do you think of when you think of the word deliver? What comes to your mind first thing? Savior. What is it? Savior. Savior. That's good. Well, what did, in the, in the model prayer, uh, Jesus said this. Remember? Matthew chapter 6. When the apostles asked him how that they should pray, uh, let's see, where is it? Verse, uh, verse 9. There we go. One more. After this manner thereof, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For the last thing that Jesus reminded the, of the apostles and us, the church, pray for us to be delivered from evil. <laughs> that word in the Greek is poneros, and it can mean evil. It also can pertain to the evil one, Satan, Lucifer, the prince of the power of the air. Jesus said that we should pray for deliverance from the devil's inroad in our life. You know, I think that, the, I think that you know, sometimes it's been said that we give, we give Satan too much credit for the things that come into our life, you know, to disrupt us, cause of pain, injury, or doubt, fears, and so on. And it may be so, but it also may be so that we don't give him enough credit for the things that he does. He has a lot of power. He has a whole, a, a, an awful lot of power. The Bible, and he's very sly. The Bible talks about in, in the book of Genesis chapter, remember? That he was more subtle than any other being. That means he was more sly, he was more crafty. Satan is wicked smart. He knows how to work and push our buttons like, like no other being can or does. And the truth is, is that as I stand back now, I've been, I think besides the pastor and his wife, I'm the oldest members of this church. And I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of families come and go. I've seen in individuals come and go. I've seen individuals uh, like I say, and families come and go, and, and, and many of them end up on their face out in the world. Some people that chose to leave, this, uh, leave our church assembly, and, and uh, children are murdered. child is murdered. People drift off. One young lady that, that uh, used to work out here on uh, the cleanup day, and uh, she never got saved. And she ended up committing suicide. Where'd that come from? 
didn't come from God. Well, the world and the flesh and the devil are powerful influences. We shouldn't discount the way that Satan works. He does, he does, he's the adversary, and he does work to disrupt. He tries to compromise us as individuals. He tries to get into families. He tries to disrupt families. He, he'll, he, will, he, will, he has perhaps ways of withholding some good things from you and me. That we, would, that we would question God's goodness. That we would begin looking elsewhere for, for fulfillment. I don't know, but I know there's been a lot of people that, that I know that came through those doors that aren't coming through anymore uh, for a reason. Satan has got a good way of tapping people on the shoulder and getting their attention away from God and and on to him and on the things of the world. And so when I read uh, Colossians 2.8, uh, beware, does any man spoil you? I look at it like Jim beware or Baptist beware. We need to have our, our spiritual eyes open. And when you, when you have any inkling that Satan is, you know, depressions and doubts and fears, I go through that stuff, you know. But the way out is is not looking for for counseling out of a book, but to look about, out of this book, and God will help you and rise you and rise above those things. And again, we've heard it from the pulpit. Don't say it can't happen. Don't say never because uh, you're kidding yourself. But the thing the Bible says it what we're to, to resist temptation, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But even that Jesus, he came three times against the Lord before he left him off. The whole thing, uh, you remember that the spiritual wickedness in high places, these forces of of the of the devil and of the world, uh, they know what they're doing and they have an agenda. And don't let yourself become caught up in it. And that's why we need to pray for one another. Pray for strengthening and guidance. Pray for provision and protection. Because it's available. It's there. You know, he says, he says there that he'll redeem them out of the hand of the terrible and out of the, out of the wicked. That means that there's times when they're already in the hand of the evil one. And it needs to be a way to, to get out. David wrote about that in Psalm 130, verse 1. He says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. And so when you, when you find yourself in a position, when the black days come, or a black moments come, flee to the Lord, as David did. And remember that he is, he has the answer to all our problems and cares. Sometimes it takes, it takes time, but we can be rescued. He says he's going to get us out of the hand of the wicked and out of the hand of the terrible. Because that is his, his will for us. In Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 58, you know, Jeremiah wrote 
that, he's called the weeping prophet, again, because of the, 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 the petitions and the heart that this man showed for, for his people. And when he prayed at one point, he says, O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul, that thou hast redeemed my life. Now I thought on that. He says, thou, you God, hast pleaded the causes of my soul. So, you know, it's as if we offer up the prayers to God, whether it goes to the, to the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then it goes to the Father, and it gets to the throne, but he says, he's, he's stood in for us. He hears those prayers, and he acts on them. Again, you know, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to the purpose, to his purpose. It's, uh, it's, it's because we're short-sighted, we don't always see how the good can come from persecution and tough things. But it does. How do I know that? Because that's what God says. The best steel comes through going through the hottest fire and the most pounding because what it does, it takes the dross out. It takes the, it takes the, the, uh, the other elements out of that steel and it makes it the toughest, strongest. You make the toughest, strongest tools out of the steel that's been through the hottest fire and it's been, been hammered the most. And it works like that in Christians' lives too. You can, you know, persecutions and trouble times can make you bitter or it can make you better. Depending on how you react to it as you're going through these things. And we all do, to one degree or the other. <clears throat> Praise God if you can say, well, I've never had to go through anything like that. And I'm, I'm glad that you haven't. But don't think it's going to continue because the way of the world and things are going, you can expect anything to happen at any time. Just be prepared. When you see things happening, deal with them. Husbands, wives, communicate. Stay close to one another. Stay close to the Lord. Fight for that time in, in prayer together with, with, with one another and with your children. Fight for it. Aren't those kids worth it? Certainly are. Isn't your marriage worth it? Certainly it is. And God wants us, again, he wants to hear those prayer needs and then he will act upon them. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And you see, that's what God is doing right out the throne right now. He's interceding for you and for me. If Satan comes blaming Jim Girth for the sin that I did today, <clears throat> To the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Santa, well, Jim did those things, but I paid for that. I paid for that sin on the cross. You know that, Father. And the Father says, you get out of here. You got nothing against him. He's my son. Well, in the past, I remember hearing a saying that went, forewarned is forearmed. We don't want to be like that King Belshazzar who saw the handwriting on the wall and ignored it. As we see things happening in our life, in the lives of others, 
you know, work to deal with it. That we not fall on our face, that we not fall into uh, waywardness. I don't want to see any more people walking out of this church disgruntled and grumpy and, and moaning and groaning about what the pastor did or what another brother did or something. Get over it. Get right. Get right with the Lord. Deal with it. Be careful about the unity of the New Testament church must be preserved. Uh, maybe it's something, we've seen church splits and we'd say, okay, well, I'm glad those folks are gone because it cleared things out. Well, maybe so in the, in the long run, but in the short term, there was a lot of pain and suffering that came from it too. And those souls, some of them, as I've said, uh, have only gone off to their own detriment. So beware of those warning signs as they occur around you and, and take heed to them. And for any of you that are lost and don't know Christ as your Savior yet, remember, when that day comes, when the Lord decides to take his children out of here to relieve them from the wickedness of the tribulation, uh, if you aren't on the list as his son, you're going to go through that and you very well may die in your sin in that tribulation. Seven years of hell on earth. The last three and a half years, unspeakable, unspeakable uh, events taking place. There are two plagues, two plagues in the book of Revelation that talks about that in the two, in both of one, one, one third of the world's people are going to die over a period of time, and another one, one quarter, will die in the in the tribulation over seven year time. That's half the world's people. Eight billion people in the world now. Four billion people are going to be gone just in those two plagues. And there's going to be much, many, many more things. And see, God is doing that to judge righteous judgment, that his wrath is upon the earth. And in the end, his, the, of that 144,000 Jews that are going to go into the tribulation, the preachers, they're going to be the core of those that are going to uh, uh, go, into the, go into the millennium and be formed the core of the, of the, uh, the family, the, the people that are going to reproduce in the millennium. So consider the judgment that you might face, lost person. You know, it's one thing to, to die a physical death, a horrible physical death like Jesus did on the cross. But it's another thing to die, die a death and then suffer eternal suffering and pain in the fires of hell and the lake of fire. No person need experience that if they're willing to believe on Christ as their Savior. That's what this is all about, don't you understand? That's why it's so important that we see the handwriting on the wall. See things as they are. Take off the rose-colored glasses. Get your eyes off of the computer screen and start looking at this book. See what God has for you personally. Wake up. Amen. The Bible says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Again, if you haven't trusted in Christ, get with somebody, make that choice while you have the time. You may not always. Let's pray. 
Wonderful Lord, I thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to bring this message for the study that uh, you allowed me in this uh, in these past couple weeks. We just pray, God, that you continue to watch over Placard Baptist Church for other uh, New Testament Baptist churches as we seek to minister for you, to give you honor and glory through our service. I pray that uh, wherever the Word of God is going out from our churches, that it would um, begin, continue to make a difference in the souls of uh, the lives and the souls of men. I pray that you would call, call more men to preach from this body to go out into the field uh, in these last days. Lord, again, it's all about souls, whether they're in the jail or whether they're out on the street, whether in the United States or in Russia or in the Philippines, souls are souls. And we would to see souls brought to the cross. Let's ever be aware that judgment is upon this earth, that the day draws nigh when your son will take, uh, every, uh, take us believers out of here. And in the time of the tribulation, there's nothing good going to be happening. But we look to the time when you, we will see you in heaven, God. Truly, that will be a wonder. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat>